Hi, and welcome to Network AF. Today, we're talking with Hank Kilmer. Hank has run major internet backbones since the early 90s. Uh, he got into networking in the late 80s in college. We're going to talk today about both technology and people. The technology, what's been the same over the last decades as the networks and internet has grown, and some of the differences um, that are good, some of them that are bad. And we're also going to talk about people, um, what uh, has been helpful to him in his career, uh, what uh, they try to do with Kojun to bring people in, and what we maybe as a community could do better to open up networking and help people get in. Thanks, and look forward to having you on the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Network AF. I'm here with my friend and fellow networker, Hank Kilmer. Uh, Hank, can you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, personally and professionally? Sure. Uh, um been doing uh, networking since uh, 1986 when I got into it. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm younger than I look, I guess, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, needed a way to pay, uh, pay for college. So uh, ended up getting, getting, uh, getting involved back then running networks and writing device drivers and everything else to make it all work back uh, in the researchy days. Um, been doing it ever since. Didn't really view it as a career at the time because didn't huh. know it would be a career. <laughs> but um, but it's been a fun ride. It's been kind of crazy. Awesome. Um, and you're uh, you're in the uh, greater DC Virginia area. I'm in. I live in Maryland. Um, so yeah, just outside of DC. I've been born and raised in Maryland. Uh, uh, the school I went to was Rutgers, so that was Jersey. So mm -hmm. all East Coast. Um, lots of travel for the. For the, for the job, but otherwise all here. I've actually done SMDS peering back when Alex Latsko was at was at Rutgers. We did uh, yeah. we did yeah. we did peering because uh, um, yeah. I was at Philly, and we got we got we convinced Bell to moosh the lattice together. You know, it was technically right. technically yeah. tariff that they could. Uh, right. So that was a little funny. Right. So right. yeah, I was in Ashburn to hug our servers and uh, <laughs> upgrade from the Soup Seven Twenty Three BXL and the CEO cab a, a couple three weeks ago and I just kept driving around and I expected to see three times the number of data centers as two years ago, but I saw like eight times. I just done like an IR map of that area. And I remember. Oh. Yeah. And <laughs> I, think I, of the power draw out there. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Gigawatts. And yeah. I remember when um, uh, Bob uh, Gibson from case took me to the secret mysteries of May East at uh, Gallows and I saw like in the parking garage. In the parking garage, I think it was, but maybe when you were still at UUNet, and there was like this UUNet router on a two-prong extension cord plugged in. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was reading this like, oh, the NSA has all the secret taps on the internet, and I'm just looking. I'm looking at the internet, like right. I'm there. I'm looking at the five routers, and it's like the internet, and there's no taps. So I'm like, okay, there are no taps. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I'll tell you that those kind of rumors all still exist. Yeah. And, and well, it's still, I mean, it's much more distributed. It's bigger, but it's still yeah. the same thing. You know, I mean, we right? can talk about, we'll get to this. I've gotten to people yeah. that are like, oh, you know, provider X, uh, you know, does this sells their net flow. It's like, well, I happen to know provider X doesn't do anything with their, with their right. net flow or is just right. starting to like, so unless right. there's, you know, unless Cisco is the Huawei, which uh, I think we'd, we'd see that in, you know, in the networking, it doesn't work. Right. 
So you mentioned um, you mentioned getting into networking when I showed up at Temple University later than you. So I guess it was actually eighty-seven. <laughs> uh, one year, one year, one year. Yeah, I was going to say years, two years. Yeah, right, right. Two years later, <laughs> I remember I went in and there was a professor who did computer image processing and a professor did networking and I'm like image processing AI. Oh, that's really interesting. Oh yeah. Networking. And then, you know, I actually wound up being friendly with both of them, but I found the T1, you know, the, 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 right. the prep net access. And I did wind up, you know, get, getting, getting into that. So. For, and for me, it how was, did you I, I needed a job. I needed a job. I needed, uh, so I was looking for anything and really just kind of got lucky. Um, I was there for electrical engineering. I eventually switched to computer science, my degrees in computer science, but I just needed a job. Uh, and they were building a new building and um, they were running some networking in there. This was freshman orientation week. And I saw them trying to, I, I saw them trying to get it so that these computers would talk and print. And I could tell they were struggling. Was this like so ThickNet and bridges and? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Your 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 taps that you have to yes. dig in and tap, you know, your vampire tap type stuff. Uh -huh. Yeah, all that. Yeah, um, and I could tell they were struggling, and so I just went in and offered to help. Um, and uh, they 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 took a chance. They said, "All right, if you can get these computers to talk to each other and and, and be able to print by the end of the day, I'll give you a job." So I sat down, I'd hardly been on a computer at that point, and I flipped open the manual. And I found that the way my brain works, it was pretty logical, it was pretty straightforward, and I got it by the end of the day, and they were true to their word, and I got a job. And the job was a mixture of running uh, uh, their networking on, on campuses, um, some getting more connectivity into the other universities in the ARPANET and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. and some repairing of the hardware. We did. Mm -hmm. I were, took took apart monitors, you know, discharge flyback, you know, capacitors and everything else, right? You know, general like, IT. Uh, yeah, general <laughs> IT. And and uh, but I I very much enjoyed that diversity. Um, you know, we would we, we got a new um, for uh, a a Sun. I think it was a Sun two at the time. We got a new uh, networking card that that uh, didn't have drivers, so I spent you know a couple of days writing device driver for that, and had to tweak some of the networking stack so it would deal with. The so how many conditions. protocols at the time? So it wasn't just TCP. It wasn't just IP. No, no, it was uh, a little bit of everything. It was DECnet, <clears throat> Vax. Uh, the, we, we had the Vaxes. We had Apollo's um, HP Apollo domain, which could, which was. Mm -hmm. That one, that one was crazy because depending upon how you booted, it was a totally different machine. <laughs> um, um, Sun, uh, you know, we had a had a good mix of stuff. So it was. Uh, it My was, uh, uh, college hack was informal. They wanted on the Apple. I think we had Apple laser printers that were hooked up and you know to LPD, but it was yeah. like a dollar a page. But the mainframe laser printers were free. So that was the grand project. A few of us tried to figure out right. how to get the CDC cyber <laughs> on the net with right. an LPD compatible protocol so we could do our, you know, printouts, uh, our laser printouts to it. The dot matrix, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> that was yep. free, but uh, yeah. yeah. So that was also, so that was, I guess now we'd say corporate, it was college networking, but <clears throat> yeah. IT. 
yeah. you know, support, not just hey, yeah, yeah. I got you know we got we got a connection up down down the east coast. Um, I remember this was later in my college days. Um, I was doing some research and I, and I they were doing some of the same research at University of Delaware. Logged into one of their machines to to look at some of their research to to you know work on it. At the time, people are like, "What are you doing? What is what? You know, why? What, what do you do?" Well, I make it so you kind of didn't have a way to describe it. So, as I make it so computers can talk to each other. Okay, why? And you kind of get you get tired of giving examples like, "Okay, well, I'm doing this research, so are they," and then we can look at compare data sets, right? That that kind of went over so many people's heads. It just wasn't in their world because I mean, we're in the '80s here, and so. I would just kind of say, well, it's because I think it's cool. Cause it was just, you know, it's so yeah. much easier. Just move no, on. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> fair. You know, right. Just move on. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Even, even 92. So um, uh, I was copying where you were at the time. I went to yeah. Disclave in 92 or 91 or 92. And I saw the Digex banners. And they were like Sun 3s. And I'm like, oh, I have Sun 4s in my basement. I should really, I'd always wanted yeah. to run a multi-line BBS. Right. <clears throat> and I was thinking about how to explain the internet. And, you know, that was what I did. I wrote a C program that looked like a BBS. And so you couldn't explain IRC. I couldn't explain right. IRC to people. It's right. like, it's a 2,000-line chat board. And like, oh, okay, I get it. Right. Like, you know, it's like a 900-line, but with your fingers. Um, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and now we have right. OnlyFans. So, right. uh, but... Uh, but yeah, yeah you know, and then then what happened was people could see there was enough interesting that they wanted a shell account, which was ultimately the goal was to get them into it. But of course, yeah, in 92, we didn't think people would have IP addresses at home. Like, well, right, right. <laughs> well, and, and, all you, you know, need is a so, terminal, right? Right. After college. Yeah, right. All you need is. A, and I and I had a, a, a little deck BTT terminal, 20? you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. it was I thought it was the best thing. I still love that keyboard. Yeah. But, you know, um, I thought it was the best thing ever. You know, well, after actually, college, near I, where you went to school, I had friends, uh, Dave Chavette. I think his father taught up there, too. Or no, his father in law taught up there, too. But he had a Unix PC at home. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. He had a yeah, terminal in every bathroom, and I was telling Gail, like, oh, we're going to be like that. She's like, who needs to be connected in the bathroom? <laughs> right, like, right. Wait, right. you'll see. You'll I see. Do, Some, you know. Somehow we'll get there, right? <laughs> yes. So so how did that go from, um, did you take a special interest in the interconnectivity, or was it just general, while you were at college, was it just general networking, you know, across... So it, it was very much general. It was, it, and it was a bit of sysadmin. It was a bit of programming. It was a bit of the the networking, um, a bit of the hardware repair and rebuilding things. Um, yeah. So it was a bit of a jack of all trades. Uh, when I got out of college, um, I, I got a job for a little bit as a sysadmin, which was fun um, for a software development house. That so they they also had kind of one of everything to port their software to all the different types of machines, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and then, and then UUNet, I got the, I got the job at UUNet when, when they were, you know, starting to try and do this alternate thing, right. You know. And so um, maybe you could describe the internet at the time was, uh, was NSFNet 
uh, was ANS ran CORE, you know, core, the commercial. And so yeah. there, there's like, UNIT was the little dog at the time, right? Well, it was, it was, yeah, it was, do we make this commercial at first, right? And you had, um, and kind of you had UNIT and PSI sort of going, yeah, let's do this, right? Um, you had the government controlled bits and go, yes, but we still want to control how you talk to us, right? Mm -hmm. um, UUNet had its UUCP side of things, which is a store and forward, you not a- You can see my Telebit Trailblazer in the corner there, which is yeah. a UCP yeah. optimized modem, yeah. Yeah, which was big and really, I mean, it, it was really cool. It was great at the time, but they're like, no, I think we can make this work. And, um, and so they started to hire people to help build out uh, uh, that side of it. And I was one of those uh, uh, early round folks with them. Um, and so you're, you're, you're dealing with companies and people, it was really more you're dealing with individuals. Yes, they had companies, yes, they had a job, but you're talking to somebody on the phone who's going, yeah, I just wrote my own you know, PPP uh, implementation or slip imp implementation right. to get it so it could work over the telebit right. in a dedicated manner. And so when you're trying to get them up and running and working, you're not only debugging the phone lines, right? right? You're debugging, you know, the modem, the serial port, yeah. your yes. device driver, yes. your memory, <clears throat> yes. end to end. Yeah. Yes, which is, I think, part of what um, at the time was you know, having come from a little bit of a jack of all trades, that helped me a lot mm -hmm. um, in those days. Um, but also UUNet had a lot of really bright people there, which oh, yeah. helped me a lot too, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it, it was a great job. It was a lot of fun. So it at, grew at university, so fast. At university, well, yeah, I mean, every three months, it was like another era. Yeah. Um, so like at university and UUNet, you mentioned having to figure things out um, yourself. Uh, really, I think a lot of companies still look for people to take the initiative and, you know, yeah. uh, will beat their head against it until they get unconfused. But did you have, you mentioned people, did, did you have people that were real mentors about technology or how to work with people, which can be confusing when you're just entering the workforce or, you know. Right, so at, at the university, and, I, and I'm, I must admit, there were great people there. You know, you mentioned one earlier, Alex, uh, mm -hmm. and, and uh, Rick Crispin, and there's just a, a, a nice list, Mel Pleasant, a nice list of, of really bright people that um, I kind of had my own little job to do in my own little world, and they would, point in a direction and then I would just run in that direction. So they were kind of the, um, you know, they were the guides. I didn't use them at the time as, as, as I kind of learned at UUNet how to use a mentor because I didn't really know how to use a mentor because to your point, it was, you know, there's a lot going on when you're, you yeah. know, a, a late teen or, uh, you know, sort of thing getting into this stuff and, uh, and figuring it out. Um, but I would not have been successful without them either. Um, but yeah. I didn't really know how to tap them the way I should have, right? Or the mm -hmm. way I could have, yeah. right? And the way I learned <laughs> later at, at UUNet, there were, I mean, at UUNet, you would have what you would think would be the best idea in the world. And you would just walk down the hall talking about it. And by the time you got to the end, it would look so different because everyone 
was so bright. They could follow exactly what you're doing and give it their input and advice and improve. And, you know, by the time you're at the end of the hall, you've got this much better idea, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. And both of us are from the East Coast. <clears throat> um, it's something I think that uh, we need to be intentional about, which is that there's, especially academia, people and and people from the East Coast sometimes, uh, not to overgeneralize, th there's often the attitude that, of course, you're good, you're here. You know, of course, yeah. you know, yeah. and then, oh, of course, of course, I like you, you're here, but I hate your idea, let's talk about that. And that can be right. jarring for, for some people. And so I've seen companies try to be more intentional about that, um, not in the over-validating, but just like reminding people that, you know, whether it's the net effect, look at all our happy customers, look at the great product, we're all, you know, uh, right. without doing the everything is awesome, but that can also be, you know, intimidating, um, I've seen, and it's something it, that networking can, should, should think about <clears throat> as we welcome people, you know, to it. Um, I think, I think our education system focuses on tasks and, and, and on, on, more concrete knowledge, the soft skills of how to talk to somebody, how to know, you know, I can criticize you and I can do it harshly and I can do it gently. And depending upon who you are, you may respond better to one version than the other. And privately, right? please. Yes. Well, sure. Not I mean, that, public, but, yes. but right. Well, <clears throat> yeah. you, you know, criticize in private, praise yeah. in public, right. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. But, but, but the, but the point is how you talk with people how you interact with them um, matters. And it's it's actually arguably more important than what you know. Yeah, my um, first non-consulting job, the CTO said, Avi, it's not sufficient to be correct. Like it doesn't yeah. matter, right? Which yeah. is or another way, sometimes the yeah. customer, it's sometimes it's okay for the customer to be wrong, which is right. another way of saying the world is not zero and one. It's not right and wrong. It's not, this is the technically best thing that may be true. That doesn't mean people should change what they're doing, or it may not be true. It may just be a matter of opinion, you know, your opinion. Well, right. Well, but also fast forward, you know, in my career, when I moved into management, um, I had an engineer with a, with <clears throat> who really wanted to try his idea out. I knew that it was not going to work the way he wanted it to, but I also knew that wasn't going to harm sort of the customer and product. Mm -hmm. And I tried to explain, you know, for the enemy to think about some of my, you know, my, the, mm -hmm. the issues, but in the end it was, okay, this is, this is an area he wants to try. It's not going to hurt anything. Let him run with it. Cause that's the way he's going to learn the best. Mm -hmm. You have to let people make mistakes right? and then be there to help them you know, and go, okay, now, now let's, you know, now this is what happens. So let's learn from it and, and, and move on. And when we do a, a follow-up on engineering uh, management. We can talk about what the balance <laughs> there is, but absolutely. Right. I mean, it's right. the same thing. If you hear it, if you, well, or if you drive on autopilot, it's very different than making all the connections yourself, right? Yeah. And, and we yeah. used to yeah. uh, drive around. I used to drive around with a map and just like, oh my God, I didn't realize that was connected there. It's right. It is very different when you get to actually, right. uh, you know, see it. So yeah. at UUNet, where did you have people that helped you with the way of communication and people, you know, um, as well as technology? Um, yes, very much so. Um, you know, uh, had had mentors there in terms of both technology and 
um, being a team member and communicating <laughs> and working with others, working with difficult customers, uh, working with uh, crazy employees as things grew. Uh-huh. Um, all, you know, the, the gamut. Um, mm-hmm. Unit, Unit was at a time where not only was the technology exploding, um, they were very uh, good at selecting people to bring in that not only were really good at what they did, but fit into mm. UUNet's culture, into UUNet's um, method. And, and part of that was getting a team that meshed. And as you mesh with people and I, you, you, you instantly build a trust with them and that gets you to listen better. And because again, I was still young, right? And, and uh, uh, learning how to how to uh, work with people, mm-hmm. um, but it was really good. And and uh, I think I was there maybe two three weeks uh, when I uh, made an update to the uh, router that ran in front of our firewall, and I locked us out of it. <laughs> yeah. And so I walked into. Uh, to Rick Adams' office and mm-hmm. said, Rick, I, I'm doing a maintenance this weekend on our on our main router. And he kind of looked at me and said, why? <laughs> because I locked us out. I made a mistake and locked us out and I'm going to fix it and recover this weekend. And he gets this nice little grin on his face and he's like, okay, that sounds good. Go, go do, right? You know, sort of thing. But he, he lets you. And he, res- right. he, he respected, you know, I didn't hide it. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, you know, there, you learn when you see how he reacted that I happened to approach that one properly, you know, right. and you go, okay, that went well. If I tried to, you know, shrink and hide what, what I did, he would have been, uh, had yeah. a very different reaction. That wouldn't have gone over well. That's... And, you know, yeah. Right. So, I was observant. I learned, but there were also people around that that uh, had very good reactions themselves. They clearly had, you know, a lot more experience in in life than I did, and uh, and and that really helped me. You know. So, a long time ago, one of my sysadmin mentors, uh, who would do things like send me mail from God at on high to make me realized that smtp was completely unauthenticated it was completely right. that same academic like of course right. you're awesome you're here but um right. you know i'm gonna torture you anyway but right. you know the, it used to be the lore that you weren't a real sysadmin until you had destroyed your first machine or you know <laughs> real network until you brought the internet down but right. the internet's much more critical now i mean was was it easier to uh learn by uh, breaking things and you know how do we give people that um, you know how do we help people when uh, there's so much money and you know criticality flowing across it, it, you know networking now it is very very difficult it, it is very different in that way you know at the time not only would you break things with trying things out or whatever but the technology wasn't stable either so you know, you're you're fighting both of those battles, um, and How often the level did you have uh, code with your initials in it running on your router. Oh yeah, yeah, all the time, all the time. 
and you're on and you're on the phone, you know, with the developers, uh, you know, and digging into register entries, going, okay, that doesn't look right, you know, um, and you really don't get to do that anymore. Um, and and the, one of the differences then versus now, the companies are way better at testing things, mm -hmm. so what you get works better. But to your point, there's a lot of money in it, but things still break. And things still don't work right all the time, and and having a a uh, more complete view of how it all work, is supposed to work can can definitely be beneficial. But to learn that is a lot harder. Um, you know, a lot of companies don't have big massive labs to replicate this stuff. And how do you really replicate the size and scale and instability of necessary yeah. of the internet, right? Um, and by instability, I mean just route churn. It's nothing broken or wrong. It's right. just, you know, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. You know, right? <laughs> okay, good. I see you, right? You know, but how do you how do you do that in a lab at, in in scale and allow people the opportunity to, you know, try different <clears throat> things? It, it it's it's difficult. And um, there's an element of uh, fear rolling things out and an element of fearlessness rolling things out. Mm. And, and, and honestly, um, different companies have different balances for that. I've been in the, in the telco world where they want you to test something for eight, nine months, take three months to develop the rollout plan. And by the time you know, your, your idea is actually hitting the network, the technology's moved three or four generations. Um, <laughs> But I've also been in companies where it's like, that's a good idea. Let's give it a try tonight, right? And that balance of where do you land is um, dependent upon your, your culture, your customer base, and, and your, your, your talent pool, right? Yeah. But it is, it's hard. That, that's a hard balance. Yeah, we definitely see that there are, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of evolution because even people that, come from a regulated world where they have to, you know, I mean, they're required to do all this testing and all that. Their application developers want to work in this very continuous way. So we sometimes get people saying, well, no, like before Kentic, before you deploy anything, you need to give us three months notice. And, and it's right. like, uh, that's not the way SaaS works. We're deploying every day. Or even the next scale. I remember when, when we were working with Yahoo and it was like, well, every time you make a change, you can use, you know, you can query the system and see um, and see whether anything broke before or after. And Igor is like, Avi, do you know how many changes we make a day? And I'm right. like, uh, he's like, think about per minute. Think about per minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, obviously not mostly right. network, but deployments, rollouts, you know, the speed of orchestration. So I guess, as you say, now there is one thing we didn't have. Um, uh, you know, in, in the 90s and early noughties, which is commit, confirm, and rollback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. which helps a lot for those that don't know. The way you used to try to avoid what Hank experienced was you would tell the router reboot in 15 minutes, and then you would make yeah. the change, and then if you locked yourself out, the router would reboot, right. uh, which wasn't good, but it might be better than... Um, uh, it, it, then, it, it, it gave you a chance, right? And then you had to remember to cancel that because the other problem was it took 15 minutes for it to reboot um, as, it, as it propagated everything at, you know, 
serial speed through the device. But, so. but the other thing, you know, we had some failure modes where one router would reboot and it would have enough, it would have enough routing announcements right. through it yeah, that yeah. that would make the next router fall over. So <laughs> the way you would, you would end up solving that is you'd reboot yeah. at this time for the right. whole, yeah. the whole, you know, section of your network. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, Before those days are behind us. Thank your goodness. time at AboveNet and my time at AboveNet, we had the route redistribution incident, which is, you know, I, I describe it to mathematicians as a distributed com uh, computation that never converges, um, right. but uh, right. which is basically uh, uh, that's basically a good way to that, describe it. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, right. uh, that's why you need good good out of band. So, um, right. so um, you were at UNet, um, Digex. Above that, um, did a lot of consulting now at uh, Cogent. I'll take you on a trip down memory lane. If you think about what were the biggest links that you ran at each company, and then we'll bring you forward to Cogent. Ooh. Roughly, roughly, you know. <laughs> well, let's see. You, you know, I left you, you know, when it was uh, uh, probably OC3s at the time. Uh -huh. Yeah. Prob probably about that. Yeah. Um, Sprint, uh, Sprint was kind of a fun tenure. That was, uh, uh, you know, C12s. Okay, so we're still under probably. gigabit. We're still under one yeah. gigabit for those, um, for we, following. We probably, we might have had, um, we might add OC48s then too. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and then you're, you're starting to move up the ladder after that. Yeah. It went kind of quickly after that. Um, yeah, yeah. As you moved into back then, as you moved away from the the um, the, the point to point link into your your Ethernet, you know, based, yeah. it went it went quick. Yeah, well, that was uh, a great decision that, that I I really it created some trauma uh, in my time at AboveNet. I mean, but granted, when I came to AboveNet, there was one big broadcast LAN, and so people <laughs> and bandwidth was expensive enough that people were like, "Why do I get ten megabits of broadcast, and why are you billing me five hundred dollars a month for that?" Um, <laughs> right. So we right. had to. We had to fix that, but uh, the the purity of we don't do you know uh, serial connections. We only do Ethernet. Well, Ethernet serial, but we don't do you know OCT whatever. The customer terminates in colo, connects Ethernet. The purity of all Ethernet to customer, you know, was uh, definitely nice. And the it simplified so much. It simplified. Right. I mean, and and <clears throat> and kind of how I run Cogent is we keep it simple. It is a very clean uh, uh, design, you know. Well, I respect um, that. I've, I've asked yeah. you for interesting ideas a couple of times. And well, it's not just you. It comes from Dave, right? Focus. Oh, yeah. This is what we do. Yeah, our, and, our whole business yeah. model is focused. We don't have any of the TDM services. We don't have any of this, this uh, things. He says no to a lot of... Um, product ideas, business ideas, because mm -hmm. it, it diverges from what we're good at. What we're good at is taking a packet and delivering it where it's supposed to go. Yeah. And, and, and really, if you, if you ask us to do anything other than that, that's, you know, we, we will struggle with anything other than that. <clears throat> that we will do extremely, extremely right. well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I, I just plugged my, basically my first hundred gig in and there was a lot less drama than I thought. And yeah. I was just thinking about yeah. this is more bandwidth than it was like when I was looking, I don't know, probably eight years ago at a 
100 meg card 48 by 100 and a catalyst and i'm like oh that's the t1 board and i was like wait that's actually right. a lot more each port is a lot more than a t1 but you know what what is small and what is big uh you know changes right. over time so that's right we're getting you know you get your pizza boxes now that that the lowest speed you can get on it is 10 gig yeah like okay well okay in a, in a multi-tenant office building still most people want gig e Okay, mm -hmm. so that means I need something else, right? <laughs> you know, and you think well, about that, that's a lot of bandwidth. It's actually interesting and maybe something we could have a panel on at some point, how hard it still is for devices to do a great job of how much easier it is in networking to limit the physical port than it is to rate, rate, rate limit and traffic shape. Like it works. Oh, yeah. yeah but yeah, there's just yeah. something about the physical limit which works a lot better it know. works a lot better i think things are more um expectant of that in the coding and in the and in the uh you know the drivers and everything mm -hmm. else and so they're they're it's just it's just more baked it's better yeah, yeah. i mean even in the kentic world yeah. the devices do a great job of of resampling um yeah. you know and so people could yeah. like oh can we send you one record per packet it's like well you could i don't think you want to <laughs> right. uh, you know for, right. And uh, and you know generally you know things do uh, things do an okay job. So Cogent, um, what can you tell us publicly about the scale, uh, size, uh, diversity, um, countries, buildings, um, you know, uh, of Cogent? Mm. Adding new countries as fast as we can, as fast as. Uh, regulation in the country allows and we can you have like 10 countries bank. 100 countries like how, how distributed oh, the network um, so dave will give you the full number rundowns we're okay. on every continent we are in um yeah hundreds um okay. and uh uh it, it, i mean it's it's huge we run you know it depends how you count um i, I think you know dave tends to use the number 20 percent of all internet traffic um on our network and uh you know it's it's huge it, it's it's every 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 continent so yes. you know, right <laughs> and so how many people i i loved i you asked the enable question right but yeah. how many people with um enough access that they could so we we run um we run like an old school isp in that if you're a customer and you pick up the phone and you call in, the person that answers that phone has access to solve your problem, access oh, and training and everything. So our, our call center folks, our CST folks, um, they all have access to, to make to the configuration changes. Or to the, the customer attached? To, 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 to both, okay. you know, to both if they need it. Cogent runs, um, so, you're, that's, and that's a good question that you asked because Cogent runs um, a, a rather flat network. We do not have a, we're not a telco mindset that has a pure backbone edge huh. division. <clears throat> um, it doesn't make sense to do that all the time. It doesn't make economic sense to do that all the time. It doesn't even make traffic flow sense to do that all the time. So um, if you're trying to build, um, the, the way it does make sense is potential device management, like what you're talking about. Right. So we, we have, we have um, 
really good internal training. We have um, we have developed uh, that over the years. We also do um, keep track of you know the mistakes that get made and how to correct them and address it and that sort of thing to to continue to refine that. That is a weekly process for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but no, you you call in the person that answers it can solve that problem. They have been able. They have they have access to do it. Um, I mean, it is like a SaaS yeah. company in some ways. You call it old school, <clears throat> but in a typical SaaS company, any developer can deploy. Now we trust yeah. their wisdom not to do it without testing and not to do it when no one's around. And right. Uh, so the th- and the thing with with Cogent yeah. is because we don't offer all these different flavors of whatever the customer wants, um, it is very standardized. So a customer configuration looks identical across the board. Um, That makes it easier on, you know, the call center folks and and the knock and and my engineers to, to figure out what's going on, right? Check to make sure it conforms to the standard. Yes, no, okay. If yes, well then we know how it's going to behave, how it should behave. Right. So now you're looking at what is what would cause it to not behave that way, right? Is there an outage? Is there are there errors on the on interfaces? Are there you know is there something else odd going on? Is there a bug, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and go from there. Which so, we talk about the bad old days, but networking you still do need to know what it should be doing because you can find and do find bugs more, yeah. more than in the kernel layer. So, yeah. And, you know, I preach, keep it simple. Um, it is from Dave's point down, but okay. it's also kind of the way I just view so how many engineering vendors, in general. So how many vendors do you uh, run? We, have, we, we have a ton of vendors. It's one. <laughs> so you have one IGP? We have one IGP. <laughs> We have one vendor, both for the optical layer and for the routed layer. Uh-huh. Um, um, yeah, so we have our, our, our one great vendor. And that allows us to have um, very deep ties within their, their, their business units, within their development teams. Um, so when we do find problems, getting the right person on the phone uh, is is quick is mm-hmm. with is painless essentially um pain, other than that you're doing it because there's a problem right. right but but um when you when you have multiple vendors you don't have as much um influence with that one vendor right uh with each one ven- each mm-hmm. vendor than if you had it all aggregated into one and and be and so you know you have there are pros and cons to the different approaches. Yeah. Um, well, and and you know there's some protocols that do better with code diversity like DNS. There's some protocols yeah. that don't always do better with code diversity like BGP, like BGP <laughs> or 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 ISIS or or right. you know, something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. In, in the networking world, <laughs> um, people will argue that um, like dual vendors, dual routers gives you you know that 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 redundancy i would argue that the only way that gives you redundancy redundancy really is if you build two networks complete networks that might you know interact and talk to each other back and forth but you still have to have a path that's all one vendor 
and a path that's all the other vendor. Because if you have an interaction bug, if you have a bug in, ben, in one vendor mm -hmm. that's tripping up some data flow, whether it's packet-based, right. whether it's routing-based, um, and you go through that vendor for, for from customer to server or whatever they're talking to, they're gonna hit it. So the only way you really mitigate that is to not that you be able to switch, ah, don't use this vendor anymore. Right, I mean, I think Otherwise, that, yeah, the world has been better generally, I see the point. Yeah. The, uh, the internet was brought down multiple times in the 90s and noughts by, again, the BGP where, you yeah. know, in theory, in networking, we have these things called RFCs and people look at them to write the code. In practice, that's something that has often, when I talk to academic folks looking at simulation and modeling uh, or network SNM, um, you know, it's like, you know that the actual code has bugs and does not do exactly what the RFCs say. But even those that do, the, the RFCs will state shoulds and mays. Yes. And if I read a should and a may, and I decide to not do, and you decide to do, we can have a conflict that yeah. that can cause an outage. Yeah. Right. So, so if you think about, I know you said you don't have like backbone or not, but right. um, I, there must be more than, you know, Aaron, who we see on the peering, the peering circuit, uh, doing it. Um, you know, from the from the people that think IGP and, um, you know, picking your, I, I guess we didn't talk about testing, but testing devices and overall architecture, how big is, so how big are the various teams, I guess, at Cogent? So say. on, on the, on the routing side of the house, uh -huh. it's, it's in the ballpark of eight people. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, it is on the optical side. It's a similar size mm -hmm. for the optics. Yep. Um, we have, you know, very good support groups around us that do other aspects, but it, that, it's a small group. It's a and small so group. They're the ones. That yeah. Focus of design, focus of vendor, focus of product is, is the key to doing that. It, it absolutely is. We do not, you know, we get requests. I want, I want, I want to tweak, you know, my configuration. And we say no to most of those. I want this Apple this way. <laughs> it, yeah. If I don't have a way to tool it to write a, a, uh, a script that will make it repeatable. And if I don't have a way that even with that, that I can predict how it's going to interact, mm -hmm. I, I can't, I, I, we say no. Mm -hmm. um, most of the th requests that we get, in all honesty, are better done on the customer side anyway. Mm -hmm. um, they just find it easier. You know, well, I don't have to pay my consultant or whatever to do it. It's Maybe easier for you to start a firewall management company that just takes the, the cogent leads. Right. And, <laughs> and, um, and you know, the, 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 the other requests that we get uh, short of, you know, sort of these tweaks like that um, are things like the ACLs where you're like, okay, this will not prevent what you DOS think. attackers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I've got to carry a DOS attack all the way across my network to this port and I will block it on this port. And, and, and you think that's a good thing. Well, I think that's a bad thing. And, and I would rather come up with ways to block the DOS attack right. and not carry it across my network. Um, yeah. I know back so, in yeah. 2014, we talked about whether providers could, could, uh, 
cooperate to say, hey, I'm going to filter this. Maybe you shouldn't send it to me. But of course, we've had issues operationally with FlowSpec. And then, of course, people do want to get billed. People don't really want to generate DDoS, but they do want to get billed for traffic that is sent to them. So there's some complexities there. But well, and, uh, it's, it, and, and, and the different uh, hardware uh, and, and vendors can treat some of this stuff differently. If I, yeah. do, if I do FlowSpec and I put out an ACL rule, when does that ACL take effect? Does it take bef uh, effect before or after I count the packet? Yep. If you're a usage-based <laughs> billing customer, right? right? Well, that can vary depending upon your vendor. Yep. <clears throat> you know, so no, I wanted well, you to block it. You didn't carry that for me, so I don't want to pay for it. Mm -hmm. But I still acted on it. So should you? It's a good question, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it's funny how things can often not be as simple as they seem in the right. It um, seems like an easy request, but you get into yeah. you get into some, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and again, there's people that will help customers that that either lack the resources or or sometimes sophistication. Um, uh, to uh, sell on top, and a lot of uh, your competitors yeah. would sell a DDoS service and you know, mitigation service, and um, you know the, Ch the Chinese vendors would sell a DDoS service. Most of my customers <laughs> would sell a DDoS mit uh, mitigation service, but right. um, <laughs> used to be your Eastern European right. demand gen for the DDoS folks, but now it's right. uh, all global. Uh, we'll just say right. so. Right, um, it spread its wings. <laughs> so yeah. I would rather sell connectivity to those vendors. Right. I carry bits really well, right? That's what we specialize in. Um, our design is very thorough um, in terms of, of completeness of value sets, you know, uh, how you learn routes, how you, what you do with them, how you tag them. Um, our design and, and our design is very predictable. I think so that- I know how it's going to behave. There are fiber cuts. <laughs> you know, many times every day globally. So you need to have predictability. Is the network down? The answer is yes, somewhere. Always, yes, yes, <laughs> right. yes. But yeah. I will still get your packet to where you want it to go. Right? Even on the DDoS front, a lot of people, you know, we will work with them and they have normally five gigabits of traffic maybe five years ago or 20 gigabits or 50 gigabits now. And they get an attack every so often that's five or 10 gigabits. It's like, you know, you could get a couple hundred gigabits of, of capacity at the same Equinix place you're at. Not that you don't want scrubbers and cloud solutions, but right. you know, if you don't need to just run, you know, so tight uh, for the costs you're looking at, you can have a many multi-layer, right? You can have more well, bandwidth. You can do flow spec yourself. You can engage. You can have on-prem scrubbing. You can do cloud scrubbing. Right. Uh, and again, some people not worth it. They're just going to do an always-on solution or something. Um, you know. It's fine. A lot of diversity. You know, and to your point, you know, part of Cogen's business philosophy is we want to be, we want to commoditize internet service. Mm -hmm. So we want to make it, and, and by that, that means you have to be bringing the price down, period, right? And so we, we focus heavily on that. The flip of that is that means that you should be able to buy whatever bandwidth you, you need and not worry about worry about you know these these caps right um have extra mm -hmm. buy more if you use it great if you don't you know that's okay too um but the in the ddos world you, you know there are different kinds there's ones i want to take you out 
and I'm just going to send you as much as I can, and that they can send a lot of traffic. Yes. But there's also now, uh, and has been for a while, as you know, these um, the little microbursts of, yeah. of I'm 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 going to send you a huge amount of traffic for 15 seconds, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and your 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 mitigation systems, you know, have to be able to respond really yeah. fast for that, right? So. Yeah. Um, the only way to the only way uh, really to handle some of that is with extra bandwidth. Yeah, right. well, and and capacity and and a lot of our again our our more SaaS customers are likely to fire up cloud resource, change DNS, fire up more application layer. It's not just you know only about network. Um, That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's got to so, work. And then. Yeah. So uh, no, that's interesting. So I I. Applaud the focus, uh, even when it's frustrating to me personally, because I'd love <laughs> you all to do something else. Right. But uh, you know, it is if you look at startup canon, um, that is you know the mantra is focus, focus, focus. If you go too wide, you know, it can be difficult, especially at at smaller scale. Um, and uh, I guess, well, if you if you think about your background and mine and where yeah. we've worked, um, they've either so many of them, you unit bankrupt mm-hmm. sprint has plotted along not bank not not gone bankrupt digex bankrupt uh above net bankrupt right mm-hmm. and one of the big reasons is they they spent too much money trying to solve all of these problems mm-hmm. or address all of these customer mm-hmm. market places right mm-hmm. yeah and, cogent and cogent's well, profitable the right. company that bought my ISP bankrupt, <laughs> bought by another company that went bankrupt. Right. Akamai, you know, has focus. Um, you Akamai know, Akamai has focus. Uh, yes. So and this Tentic has focus. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, yeah. yeah. And and Cogent has focus, and Cogent, you know, is profitable. So uh, it it's. Uh, I would get yelled at if we were profitable at this point. So we actually last year like had months where we were, you know, and I got yelled at. So, you know, I'm a bad, bad CEO, you know, lose more money, grow faster. So I'm happy to take more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, but you want to know that the business can be, and you want to keep that in control. And that is, you know, it's ultimately up to every company and investors. It's like a lot of people in Silicon Valley would say, oh, that's a lifestyle company. It's like, well, it's their company. That's whatever they want it to be is it's, the right, that's is right. the right thing. It's their company. It's not my company. That's you right. ask my opinion, I'll give you my opinion. But you know, I worked at Server Central, which is an awesome lifestyle company, and and Jordan and Daniel and crew now deft. They're happy doing what they're doing, and and you know, um, and uh, you know, then there's or um, Data Foundry. You know, just had a great exit. You yeah. know, Yakubitei, Yakubitis, the greater Yakubitis. Co-prosperity sphere, Texas Net, Giga News, Golden Frog, Data Foundry, and you know they did right. their thing, and and uh, have a lot of also a lot of great people working for them. So, um, last thoughts on the on the I guess the backbone side. What's the mm-hmm. same and what's different besides speeds and feeds? You know, from Digex, <clears throat> well, UUNet backbone. You know, Digex Sprint. Uh, you know, forward to to now. So the 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 underlying architectures are really still the same. Your routing architectures, your your um, even your trunking, even though it's different interfaces, it's bigger, mm-hmm. faster, and whatnot. Right. All, that's all still the same. You still have the same 
issues with the with um, the hardware and the vendors and dealing with that and their designs and you know how much queuing and 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 tool sets you can do on it. Um, so from so from a from a a purely technical perspective at that level. I mean, there are tweaks, it's growth, but it is still underlying the same. Um, the, the differences in, in, and there's, there's some pros and cons in some of the differences. The differences is what you get is way better tested, way better, better um, quality so that you have less of these uh, catastrophic you know, bugs or interactions or surprises. Um, that said, the, because there, it's a very complex setup in terms of your routers and the software and everything, you have fewer of the people and some of them have retired and whatnot yep. moved on that understand the, the full whole, thing of how it yeah. works. <laughs> so you have a, a bug in, in your router and you're dealing with someone who goes, well, my world's fine. And another person who goes, well, my world's fine. And 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 in my world, I have one vendor, so I'm I'm the one bridging all of these different people together, saying, okay, now your world may look fine, your world may look fine, but this is not working, so we need to you know right. look deeper, right? Um, and 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 that that is challenging. I also find that true on the networking side. You know, I've got a small team of extremely experienced people. But when you want to bring new people in, you're bringing people in that, oh, I got my CCIE and I know this bit of networking and, oh, I know this. And one of the things that I always ask, um, I, I'm, I, I run the department, so I, I tend to just look for personality fit and let the right. te technical vetting go elsewhere. But I ask one technical question. You open up your browser and you type www.google.com, what happens? Yeah, I want to hear how they think about it. I want to hear whether they think about, you know, the DNS resolution and 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 how that process works. And you know, I I just want to hear how they think about it. There's no right or wrong answer, really. Um, I'm trying to see do they have yeah. more than just I can configure a router. Yeah, I, I used to ask BGP. people draw the internet, you know. <laughs> and 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 you know it's it's a subset right. of that but it's like right. and again it, that's not only a technical question right if you're selling right. internet maybe you should or a cdn maybe i should know where you're where you're uh starting from um, right right uh, and you know i have a friend that worked at uh well my uh, wife's best friend but a friend of mine too worked at DAC on some very technical stuff like the thing that did the the runtime running vax binaries on alpha you know for ultrix and yeah. bms yes. and I, when i when i saw when i heard what he did i was like oh my god that's like so amazing <clears throat> and he's like yeah we just asked people to like you know compute polynomial and factorial and stuff if they can't do the basic stuff fast then that's the biggest predictor and you know <laughs> master's master's degree is the biggest anti-predictor and you know the the other networking question which is really insightful of of is like just two machines on a network when they find each other and just understanding ARP and switches for ARP and routers oh, versus yeah. passive right. observation and cam and switches is uh, subtle and right. uh, uh, can be subtle, especially if, you know, if you haven't, if you didn't really get that in your head through, through debugging. Right. Um, so how do you, 
Um, well, we'll come back to getting people at the end uh, in a couple questions. I've, I've got a question about like getting people into it. Cause that's, as you said, like there's a lot of, there's a world of complexity, um, you know, there is uh, there. So I notice um, uh, we both took a detour, not a detour, a parallel path um, into policy. Um, I was asked uh, when the Aaron Advisory Council was formed, I, I describe Aaron as the printing press for integers in North America, uh, you yeah. know, IP addresses yeah. and ASs. Yeah. Um, and uh, I made it a couple of years and I saw you had a detour there. Uh, and I just, I marvel at these messages that make it through my whitelist from John Curran, where I see all these things going on and, and <laughs> ran BBN and now he's helping the, the community. I mean, what was that like? Um, why did you decide, you know, how do you think engineering versus policy stuff? Because they both involve people, right? They both involve people. They both uh, in impact um, what we do. And, and uh, I think it's important to be involved. I think it's important to, to do what you can. But I also think, um, you know, priorities can, can take you in different directions, which is, you know, sort of the, uh, I, I was at Aaron for a little bit. I've been on, you know, NANOG program committees and things like that. Um, and so I like helping and I like reviewing, but also there's only so much time I can devote to that that isn't my paying day job. So, um, but, but uh, I found that uh, uh, the policy side is much more people oriented, less, uh, technical knowledge based um, helps to have a technical background with it because it, you're you're trying to make policy that that right. works around or with the technology with that you got yeah around sometimes <laughs> around right yeah. um, but um, um, but mostly it's people it's mm -hmm. it's interacting with people it's it's uh, getting consensus it's figuring out how to how to uh, listen. I think uh, listening is a skill that uh, I wish they taught in school. <laughs> yeah, especially with, uh, again, a lot of smart people that are passionate about their viewpoint. It can be interesting. For me, there was enough talking about how to talk about talking about things that, that my ADD kicked in and I was just like twitching to write code. And, um, right, right, you know, right. Alec Peterson was actually, Avi, maybe, maybe you, you, maybe this is not for you. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy that people enjoy that and they do the ITF and they do ISOC and all that. Um, right. But uh, it is a great reason to go travel and, and see people that we know, but uh, there's other, other ways it, to do it, that. It is, but there's other ways to do that. I think that the interpersonal relationships are, are, are I mean, that I wouldn't be here without them. I don't think you'd be where you are without them. They, they are, you can't emphasize their importance enough, but there are, but, but if you prioritize that, there are a lot of ways to do it. And, and like you, I, I found, you know, doing the policy useful to, to help the community, to help grow this industry, but it's also not, um, I, I, I would not want it to, that to be my career. As I said, I, John, you could probably, guilt me or pay me enough to do John's job if someone needed to, but it would not oh, yeah. be what I would, I would do. A, do. <laughs> I would do a stint at it 
yeah, but uh, but uh, I, I don't think I could do it as well as he does, and and for as long as he does, I wouldn't try to right? be. I can, despite my frustrations with them. I just decide to you know ignore it. So we we, we run one of the uh, routes. So I <laughs> I um I'm part of you know that bit of the community there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have help there. Um, with Pavixi and 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 my well, someone had someone who ran ICANN for a while that I had worked with wanted we had we had lunch or something and he's like they're recruiting me to want to run ICANN and I was just like no like I just can't I have no like I would never do that like uh, you have your people are always going to be unhappy there's nothing that you could do right to make people happy and um you know I also didn't really agree you know with the clear direction they were going um you know in terms of demands and stuff but so bringing all that together um you know you talked about the complexity of uh of modern networking and stacks and we talked about the the primordial ooze of nerd where you might have to write a device driver you are a sysadmin you might help a help a confused professor um uh do the networking uh everything was related and in networking um uh, I've been, I guess, privileged enough to see iOS back when it was one program, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was like calling ARP yeah. and ARP was calling, I mean, right. it was is in, in the bad old days. Um, right. And uh, and so how do we bring people in to the community or how do you, you know, because we can't mint people fully whole, fully formed that have already broken the internet and destroy no and and you know it it is a good question and it is i think that um you know you have companies like mine cogent we we love to take people that have um you know like maybe a little bit of computer science or computer networking or something at a community college and bring them in and train them and we have we've developed some pretty rich training and then once they get in and they get their feet under them and they figure it out, they can decide, you, you know, what's best for them or what path to go into. They want to learn more of the, of the, um, you know, the DNS side of the world or the, or the, or the routing side of the world or, or the optic side of the world and, and, and all of that, or is it not right for them? I mean, they get to There's people that love supporting customers and that's their career. We have, we have, (laughs) yes, we have some that that that's, you know, you can kind of see it. They're going to do that for the next, you know, however long they want to. um, And that's what they, they're really good at. Um, I think there, I think that that type of, as a community, we need to recognize and do more of that. The colleges have some good programs, but they tend to want to specialize and they want to specialize in programming or in, or in, in networking or in, in, you know, the various different components. And if you specialize too early in a component, you don't understand how it all works together. And you could develop the, the, the greatest video processor that doesn't have the buffering right to understand that between you and the, and the server and the customer out, out in the world, you know, is, uh, you know, has latency to it and jitter and, right. uh, you know, everything else. Right. So, um, I mean, I've seen that repeat itself over and over again. So that's, I'm saying that from history and experience, yeah. um, not just theoretical. And, and, um, I, I think, you know, that, that general, it's kind of like, you know, if you want to be a, if you want to be a doctor, 
you become a doctor, then you specialize, mm-hmm. right? And you go to more school for your spec. Right. We we need to recognize that there's an element of this as we as we evolve that requires some of that. Um, you know, and and I I I feel like at least right now in our evolution, we're trying to um, specialize people too early that we're not getting that that mm-hmm. diverse view. I yeah, mean, and, and some I, of the best engineers that I that I've worked with and that I have have no computer experience prior to this industry. They're just bright. Um, Maybe they do AV stuff uh, at their, at their, you know, and, and figure out how all that works. Well, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a network. It's not an IP packet network, but you know, a signal that goes from there to there is, uh, you know, not that different. We we talk about network observability, but that was network. That, that, that's where it came from. Right. Which is, yeah. understanding an electrical network by observing its its outputs and right. understanding what's going on. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of the right. same processes. Right. I mean, we have all these labs and testing and virtual things. You know, a lot of it is build this. One of the things that I don't have a CCIE and we both come from the world where there was a I ton don't... of different protocols <laughs> and people would ask me questions and it's like, what's your CCIE number? It's like, I don't have one. Like I've never done IPX, like I have done IPX, but I don't know, you know, I just yeah. like hack at it till it stops barfing on my IP network or whatever, but, or I did. Um, but uh, one of the things I always liked about CCIE was like the lab. I'm going to give you a bunch of broken stuff. I broke this and you need to yes. figure it out. That's Go fix it, thing. yeah, yeah. And how do we do that? And, you know, up and down and across layers and you know, yeah, have that broad interest. So it's not just, I want to be a WAN engineer or I want to do this right. or that. I hope the maker, you know, I, I was really encouraged 10, 15 years ago when the maker stuff started. That, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, cause it takes people down a level. It can be really hard to be fair. You, if you live in this world of all the beautiful UIs and abstraction and everything just works to po- start poking at it, you know, can be, can be tricky. Although we do have, you know, shells on OSX now, so that's that's at least positive. And Linux running on Windows. Who would and have Linux running? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's it's kind of converged in in a lot of ways in that way. But yeah. also, you know, a lot of the uh, younger uh, people I know. I mean, I have a twelve, almost thirteen year old daughter, and her friend group, and that sort of thing. They like that it all works, and they like that it's all easy, and they have they like that I can go in and fix it when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm struggling to get them interested in understanding what's going on and why. I have a lot of friends because, yeah. that are foundational builders, relatives, you know, that got me into computers that their kids of all genders are sort of the same thing. And their attitude, I mean, just people I tend to hang out with is whatever they want to do and be, they're not trying to make them be like they wouldn't make them a doctor or a lawyer, you know, or whatever. Right. <laughs> um uh yeah so they'll come from somewhere globally know. you know right, globally right. i mean right. but uh it's different than the hobbyist era right so um okay we'll, we'll put a yeah. we'll put a, and put a note on that, that and think about that i was gonna say effectively that's what we've done in in our our sort of generation for right. lack of a better term yeah. is we were hobbyists and and it and it grew into a career it wasn't really a plan. Is, and now when you, if you want a plan, which is where right. I guess the industry is now, you need to entice people. You need to figure out how to uh, make well, it it's interesting. it's not just networking. There's a lot of 
you talked about medicine, tribal yeah. knowledge. There's a lot of professions where we're actually not as far from woodworkers and shoemakers and um, yeah. you know the the artisans as we as we could or should be, despite Wikipedia, despite all this information. <laughs> right. Um, networking is one of those areas that uh, you know need to yeah. think about. Yeah, networking mm -hmm. is still part art, part science, and mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely, that's right. No, I mean it's yeah. it's it's definitely true. Networking, distributed systems. There are people yeah. that lay hands on that couldn't necessarily explain exactly. They could probably reverse engineer it, but there's a lot of pattern match and like, well, how did you know that? Um, you right. Know, the graphs and just seemed like. Um, but you do anything yeah. long enough, but again, medicine, you know, it's, it's a right. struggle for me to find doctors that will say, I don't know, which is like, awesome. I love hearing. I don't know. It's like, yeah. I love hearing. We don't know. We used to do this. Now we do this. Tell me the probability space instead of just the go do this right. and see me in three months, you know, right. Uh, right. I'm a horrible patient. So, um, well, I get, I get asked networking. How did you know to do that? And to your point, I, I don't always have a concrete answer. I mean, sometimes, but most right. of the time it's, I mean, there's, there's still intuition, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and relying on that, trusting the intuition, but also relying on sort yeah. of the history of what I've been mm -hmm. through. Right? Well, as Kentic yeah. grows, we'll definitely think about more of the training, um, mm -hmm. especially around internet working. Um, yeah. And, you know, we see it ourselves um in terms of a lot of people wanting to know about networking who come from software um and there definitely could be better resource so uh, I, we can't solve it alone but hopefully no community, I, I, you know. happy to help yeah absolutely we need it so last question okay um i think we've both been really fortunate to be able to make a career out of things that are fun um yeah. but any advice you give younger self you know on day one um you know can you make this thing print um or you know a little further on i um i i think i would have i would love to have told myself uh early on to pay closer attention to the people around you earlier i learned it but earlier um to tap into their experience more, to tap into their brains and their personalities more, to, to see the, the pros and cons of different approaches more. Um, I was fortunate to, to get in around some really good people and, um, and I, I could have learned a lot more than I did uh, earlier. Um, I think I, I kind of learned that lesson as I went and, and got better and better and better and better at it. Um, and uh, it's funny, you know, there, there are times I'll, I'll refer to myself at this point in my life as a social engineer, no longer mm -hmm. a network engineer, mm -hmm. because, because my job is not necessarily to have my fingers on the routers anymore. It's to, it's to get everyone on board to, do, to go in the same direction, mm -hmm. to, to support each other and work as a team and, and, and all of that. So um, the earlier I learned that, the better life would have been. Um, I think, uh, and listening is a big, big aspect of that. Um, I wish I, I uh, was a better listener earlier. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting because I don't always do this. I could be better. We could all improve. In fact, starting Kentech has made me realize how much I suck at so many things, but it's awesome because I don't like being bored. Right. But, you know, I think if you're doing a great job as a leader, people think, well, all you do is tell people what to do. 
I think it's actually much more listen, ask, and help, which, which, which also at the early yeah. stage, if you only ask and don't do or help, then that gets then, right. Yeah. If you ask, looking for the answer that you want, and then you la, 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 then that also. That's not work. Those things, that's well, generally. I, I would add one, one more <laughs> word in, in your circle, trust. You have to trust the people around you. You have to, you have to earn their trust that you're going to help. If you just if you just listen and don't do anything, you know that that doesn't get you anywhere. But but if you build that trust where they know that if they're going to share something, uh, or, or answer your question, or or challenge you, you know I don't know it all. I might I might be saying let's do this, and it's a, a really horrible idea. Mm -hmm. and they have to trust that they can say to me that's a really horrible idea and then i'm going to accept that and i'm going to listen and i'm going to think about it i'm not going to just react all how dare you and right and all of that i mean i i uh, i believe strongly in you know taking the time to reflect um try not to have that any you know people can tell me that i'm you know i'm i'm wrong i'm i'm not you know Mm -hmm. And they can do that politely or rudely, and I accept it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, and but but that's part of who I am. That's what I bring, mm -hmm. and but um, it is really important, and I think that helps earn the trust. They know they can, you know, say and do mm -hmm. anything, and I'm going to support them, and they're going to support me. Or right? even as you described with Rick Adams a long time ago, right? You had the trust that you could share with him, and. He, you know, you establish his trust by sharing, <clears throat> being yeah. open, and then he's like, okay, um, you know, and if he thought, yeah. uh, okay, well, you screwed it up, you should have someone else check it, then he would have told you, and you should have, you know, do it. Yeah, that's right. That's <clears throat> right. I mean, and and that's, so I think I earned trust in his eyes, um, but his reaction taught me a lot about, you know, uh, about me trusting him as well so you know anything moving on it was it was a it was it was a in i don't even know if he would remember it he probably wouldn't in his you mm -hmm. know world but to me it was a big deal um very nervous early in this job uh and uh and uh yeah it was a big deal but but i learned a lot about that that uh, respect and trust and and honesty and uh and how to approach things yeah mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Mis mistakes aren't bad. It's how you handle it. Right. The, the, well, the, the, or can make it e bad. Experience is what you get when you didn't get what you wanted. <laughs> it, right, 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 right. Like you said sometimes you need to, um, you know, get yourself unconfused. Hopefully with this as limited a blast radius as possible. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which good architecture helps with, which we can have a debate about uh, some other time. Well, yes. Hank, thank you so much for sharing, and um, uh, it's been great to work with you and and the people uh, who are at and have come through Cogent. Um, and uh, maybe we'll, uh, um, as a community, continue to work. We definitely will on on trying to help people understand and get in uh, to the community, so that well, we can keep zooming like this and the and digital we, we, world will we work need to and keep we won't it growing. Off cliffs. <laughs> yes, right. we can't. Right. We can't. You know, just take people that started as hobbyists in the 80s. So that, that will not work. It needs to be a diverse that, that, set of people. That'll, 
that that'll run its course. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. No, there definitely are younger folks, and and but we need to help. You know, um, yeah. it's possible to get there. You know, from from the outside, but it needs to be uh, a, a little bit uh, more ordered and and um, also tell the story better, which hopefully um, I think telling uh, the story a little more, a little more, um, yeah. I think a little more community involvement in the in the. Uh, labs and training and mm -hmm. teaching. It shouldn't just be the vendors. It shouldn't just be yeah. um, university, which have which has different focuses, right? So, yeah. yeah. Well, plus yeah. the, it's not actually a technology thing. Peering is not actually a technology thing. No. Alone, right, no. so the business and economics and politics and all that, but again, different topic, different time. <laughs> right. Right. Well, thanks been again. On, I've been on both sides of that <laughs> politics. Uh, yeah, well, that's the funny thing is, uh, different companies in, in the course of their life, they go from the bad gal or guy to the, to the wait, why won't people? Um, so, uh, you know, it just shows that people tend to behave in the same patterns when they have the same inputs. Uh, right. So, right. Right. Yeah. right. Okay. Well, thanks again. And Thank I you. look forward to chatting with you soon. You bet. Take care.